Welcome to Spotlight On, a production of 23 Media Ventures. I'm your host, Lawrence Purrier. Today, the spotlight shines on Shaham Nimal and Ethan Holtzman, vocalist and keyboardist, respectively, of the band Dengue Fever. This episode's a little different. Dengue Fever was in the midst of a run of shows up the west coast of the U.S. in support of their new record, Ting Mong, which is on my shortlist for Album of the Year. Their team suggested I meet the band in person instead of recording over Zoom, the way most of our recent episodes have come together. As a result, this talk took place over tea in the lobby of the band's hotel, just after their sound check on a recent Sunday night in Seattle. It's a little shorter than a typical episode given the demands on the Mall and Ethan's time on a show day, but I think you'll enjoy. There may be a better rock or pop band that has emerged in this century, but I've yet to find one. 20 years in, there are bands still growing and taking delight in what they do. Enjoy our talk. Thank you both for making time on a show night. I know it's uh, it's hectic enough, so thank you for making time to do this. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit, either of you, about the break between records? Eight years is not the longest break in rock and roll history, but I yeah. Sure. Yeah. Wow, I think long. it was eight. Was eight. Hey, I've been waiting, no. so I know. Oh, that's, that's, not, that's not that <laughs> well, long. We, we started... What did we put? 2020, 2019, well, right before the COVID? I'll talk about the record break. Yeah, yeah, since okay. The Deepest Lake. Okay. The Deepest Lake came out oh, eight yeah. years ago. I trust Lawrence. Okay. And so we started recording. We went out to the desert and stayed at this house in uh, Pioneer Town. Like, it's really, really nice, remote. And we just set up all our gear and recorded a bunch of ideas. And then we got, we came back and then like COVID happened. Yeah. And so that kind of like. Double break. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. We were like, for a while, we weren't getting in the studio together. It took a while till we got in. So COVID was four years. And so now, yeah, this is our first tour since it. So yeah. I think that's why it was so long. I think we would, probably would have put it out three or four years. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Where where did you spend the pandemic? Were you all in Los Angeles? Yeah, I was just staying home, learning how to cook, how to make all the 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 food like vegetable I like. Normally, I don't know how to uh, the grow bean sprouts, mm-hmm. so that time I know how to grow bean sprouts <laughs> on my own. <laughs> yeah. It's fun, and then I can I know how to do pickle uh, lettuce. Everything and everything just stuck put in the fridge more longer to save our life. <laughs> so you, you had that was your COVID project. Yeah, you. yeah, it's eat and just learn how. To, yeah, yeah, just staying home and learn how to cook so many different and things. She started collecting cats. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and collecting, and the cats keep coming to my house. She has how many? Eight. Eight. Yeah. Eight kitties. We have grandpa and our grandpa have a girlfriend. Grandpa bring right. her uh, his girlfriend come to say hello to us. <laughs> <laughs> More food. Yeah, we were brewing kombucha in my place and taking care of dogs and just playing music. We were just like we had loose. We just kind of all play a little bit on the on our own, and then once it was safe to get back together, we got back together and we 
started to finish the ideas that we had started. It's interesting to hear you say that because I've talked to some artists who have said they couldn't create at all during the pandemic. They lost inspiration. They couldn't find motivation. Other artists worked a lot and sort of used technology and other ways to stay connected to other artists. And how would you characterize your creativity during the pandemic? I mean, creatively, well, we didn't do any like Zoom band rehearsals. We didn't do any of that. We but, just stay away from each other. Yeah, I mean, I, hey, you know, I started to do like a bunch of art at home drawing, try to erase board drawings, just having fun with that, and then just playing with some music instruments around the house. And, but, yeah, I mean, Maul's creative product in cooking. And then, uh, after that, I know it's going to be, like, very long time to go back to on tour with the band. And then I sell the self um, in a dry fish from bring all over Cambodia and sell it. And I sell really good, the business, but right now, go back to busy with the band, and they keep asking, where, do you still have this dry fish? They no, I don't have the pie. Importing, yeah. Importing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's interesting because I read something of you, that you said in the past about when you first came here, what was different was that you had all the responsibility for yourself, whereas back home you had family and support and mm-hmm. people around you. And it sounds like you have some hustle. Like you, you, awesome. you work. Yeah. You work. Yep. I think I, I cannot stay still. <laughs> yeah. And you that's, don't, and you my don't personality. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. just, I cannot, if I say that I'm going to board, is I board, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to eat. That's why the pandemic is I learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah. If the dengue fever finished, I can make my own hot sauce, <laughs> barbecue sauce. Yeah. I do a lot. I, I try a lot of different legends. Mix good. together, how the taste. Very good cook. Yeah. That's amazing. So we're here on the occasion of the new record, which to anybody who's been listening to me over the last few weeks, I've been saying is my album of the year. I'm always excited when sure. you put out new records, but this one, I don't know, it's just very poignant. It's very emotional. You sound like me. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So I started to read some of the early reviews, and they said things like a departure. A lot was made of how um, it's a little quieter. As somebody who's been a bit of a fan for a long time, I could hear the elements of this. You know, you always had ballads. You always had very atmospheric, in addition to the, to the big, vast songs. But I wonder if you could talk a little bit about why this sound now. Well, I know for one, we wanted to just, we just started to realize rather than trying to steer him all into like kind of a Western idea, we were like, let's let her sing as comfortably as possible in the Cambodian traditional style. So she tapped into that for some of the slower songs. And we were just like, let's just let it be minimal and just whatever tempo, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Keep it very streamlined. Yeah. It's, I think it's her best singing so far. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Thank you. You also, if I'm correct, I think there's no English singing. All this, this is this is album. Zach sings. My brother Zach. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. Man, oh, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, she might sing a little backup in English. Uh, yeah, I don't worry. Very little. Yeah, very, yeah, no. Yeah, but that seems a bit intentional, right? You almost always sang at least some of your leads in yep. English. 
Did you have a reason for that or it just fit the song? Or was it more intentional? Yeah, it's more powerful. More, yeah, more powerful. And then I had more comfortable yeah. and emotional and understand and deep in, 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 in my, my soul and the words when I'm, I'm singing to not just me, to the people, to the audience, to the, my community. I, I hope so people like you understand what I mean, like, oh, what is song about? What is song about? It's, we've been working so hard to finish this album. I think you're right. This album is one of my favorites so far. I never liked <laughs> any album before. That's yeah. Well, yeah. the other thing, too, is even as a listener who does not understand Khmer, there's such an emotional expressiveness in that language. Like the yeah. hearing any singer who can sing in that language is there's I don't even know how to say it. Like it's a, it's just it's very unique. It's not like other languages that you hear. Like the cello fresh is the blessing and the, the chord called blessing and forget about anything, forget about bad thing and anything to the past and blessing me. Keep moving forward. Just keep doing me and keep moving forward. Whatever. It just getting quick. <laughs> yeah, that the, the song is the selfish. Yeah, the the the, camera, the native tongue has always been one of the main reasons why we formed the band. It's just, I guess, Southeast Asian song like countries from like the sixties and early seventies music. I, I like Sumatra and stuff, and the vocals are really nice, and some Thai Molam stuff, and but like the Khmer, the Cambodian stuff is definitely right up there. Yeah, the band sort of emerged during that like the mp3 blog era when it seemed like there was so much so many websites devoted to like crate digging and finding regional musics yeah. and things of that nature were you aware of that zeitgeist at the time where did you plug into that because your interest seemed to predate that but i yeah. wonder how you yeah the band was like we were getting things rolling in like 2001 2002 and then, yeah, as we like started playing this music out, we started realizing that there was still some more out there. And like labels like Sublime Frequency were compiling some. I mean, there's still like, my wife just got this Cambodian vinyl hmm. of a bunch of older songs. I haven't played it yet, but <laughs> it came in the mail as I was leaving. So there's still stuff to find. There's definitely, yeah, there's, I think so. But I think as far as compiling, like we did one compilation of the music that inspired us, Electric Cambodia's mm -hmm. record. And I feel like I haven't found enough other ones that kind of blow me away to do a volume two. Like, they still want to do a volume two. But I'm <laughs> struggling with that because I'm like, I don't know, we ever, yeah. I guess if we dig, we could start digging. Yeah. It also seems like not just on this record, but in the last couple, you've really expanded the sonic, the palette of instrumentation. Is that fair to say? Sure, yeah. What's it like reproducing that stuff live? We always keep open that we can play and experiment with whatever sounds we want, but we kind of are keeping true to what we recorded for the most part for the songs that we're playing live off the new record. Dave Rollicky, our, our horn player and flute, and he plays trumpet. He has a wide variety of effects, so he's a big part of getting a lot more kind of different tweet sounds, psychedelic yeah. stuff. Are you triggering things? Are you using samples and drum pads? Or uh, no, not. Maybe 
I don't know if we use it on the record. These are nerdy questions. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's a question for Paul, but he's Paul Smith, our drummer, but he's, yeah. he didn't come on this tour because of... To the all. Yeah. The way I've always understood the lyric writing process is there's a bit of a back and forth between you and the other band members, and that you'll even change the melodies to suit your lyrics or to suit the language. Some of the song titles, uh, some of them are funny. <laughs> you, is there is there any meaning to most of the song titles, or do you like how uh, do, you, do you name? Them? No, the band named them the most. Them they 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 name first because they asking me what is about me, what is mean, what is that? Just line by line, what is about, and then they put out less. So then, what's a macho purple sunset? Uh, Watch okay. a purple sunset. It's like, I mean, the lyrics involved can tell you, but it's about, um, I mean, I don't know what it's about, but the title, what I think of it is like an airbrushed motorcycle gas tank parked on the PCH with the setting sun. Beautiful, smoggy sunset. Yeah. Kind of like Watch a purple sunset. It sounds like a guy thing, some of it. Yeah. It's a guy big muscle. Like security, <laughs> the big man, but but he's so weak. <laughs> yes. that's the that's the uh, that's the lyric in the bio. Oh, cool. I wanted to also ask you about your independence at this point. First of all, in terms of putting out your records, but it seems like you have no one to answer to except your own sort of aesthetic, your own legacy. Does being independent mean anything in particular to either of you or both of you? Yeah, it's great. We have our own record label. Yeah, I think for myself, for my personality, I love independence. <laughs> so I think it's good we, we have own record. Yeah, we're in control of everything. We, control, we don't have to spoil it and we don't have to listen to... Uh, the record execs, yeah. like we were signed, you know. I mean, some labels were really nice to work with and then one wasn't, they'd like do like a little press release and it'd be last minute and you just read the, you're just like reading what they wrote and it's like, oh, I don't... It wasn't really working. And it was also like a bigger label. So, we, you know, it was like there was us and then it was like they were putting out like Paul McCartney a week later. So it was just... You saw that coming. Yeah. It was just <laughs> sort of like, oh, and yeah, so that was it. But yeah, we learned from that. After that, we went with all the early labels. It was great. And then we just did Tuk Tuk Records. Yeah, it's nice to be in control of everything. We have like a lot of artistic minds in the band. So Cena and Zach get together mainly and focus on the artwork, which is pretty strong. And then on this record, the artwork is a Japanese artist, Amiri is his name. Yeah, but I think it's nice to do that and just, we have some good help in our corner. Yeah, I was curious about that. Do you have to be more than just artists now? Does it does having your own label imply like are you are you more involved in the business side than you used to be, or can you insulate yourself from that? Yeah, we're we're all involved. Like for example, the other day we were all at the mall's house, and we were just like packaging up all of their orders. It was fun. It was like a little assembly line, and we were just. It was all. It was a pretty a good lot day's of work. work. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Well, the thing that's interesting about that is if it's a lot of work, you're seeing very directly that there's a lot of orders, right? It's not like, it's not abstract. It's very like, oh, there's a lot of orders to pack. That's good. Yeah. It's exciting, you know? Yeah. It's better than the alternative. 
Yeah. <laughs> better than nothing. Better, better than, than yeah. not. Yeah. It works out. I think the pandemic too changed the. A lot. Just a lot of people just got like really, really appreciative. There was always a lot of love for our band, but it like now it seems like there's a whole new kind of interest. We also have played old oh, San Francisco was a lot of fun, so we're riding high off that. It sold out in, in there. It was just a real fun show. We'll be back with more Spotlight On right after this break. Did you know that Spotlight On is completely self-funded by the team that produces it? We're always looking for ways to keep the podcast self-sufficient without sacrificing the listener experience or the integrity of the show. The best way we could think to do that was to ask for the support of our listeners. Please consider making a donation to help cover our annual operating expenses. Go to SpotlightOnPodcast.com and click the word Donate. If you can, please do. If you cannot, please don't worry about it. Just continue to enjoy the show. We're happy to have you as a listener. Thanks. And now, back to Spotlight On. What are you seeing in the crowd when you're on stage? Are you seeing the same faces? Are you seeing young people? Oh, for me, I think I see a, a very new fans a lot. I recognize old fans, but the new fans a lot. I can see more white young, white girl and white boy, um, female and male a lot. Basically, I think, yeah, I think the two show the, my past already. I think San Francisco, I saw different, but the first show was a little bit old. Uh, like oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Menlo Park. Yeah, Men, yeah, Menlo Park, a little bit. Of sit down, just they tried to come out, see the band, what what's going on with Dengue Fever. Maybe they want, they think about, oh, it's going to be Friday or Thursday night going out to, you know. Yeah. It's a wealthier audience. Yeah. There. Beautiful theater. Yeah, yeah. it was different. I mean, it was, it was a decent crowd, but it, it was like nice because it was like a warm up show for us. Because when you're playing new songs for the first time, it's, it takes a couple shows to dial them in and figure it out live. Have you landed on the set list? Is it where you want it now? Yeah, I think we found our set list in San yeah. Francisco. Yeah. So we're going to try it out. We'll see how it works tonight. Yeah. I was still open to tweak it. <laughs> how do you decide which of the new songs you want to perform live? Like, do you, do you ever want to go out? Do you want to do all of them? But you have to dial me? I think I want to, I want to do all, a new one right now for me, for my opinion. I, I'm getting bored with the old set, to be honest. Yeah, but we brought a couple songs off the old record. Oh, really old play. is very good, too. Like from, yeah. Escape from Escape from Dragon House, and we hadn't played that one, and now Nimal's lingu- English has gotten so much better. And so that was like a song that Zach wrote the lyrics for, so Nimal's like, oh, my God, I understand the lyrics now. This is so funny, because it's about her working <laughs> at this club in Long Beach called the Dragon House, yeah. and we called it Escape from Dragon House because we were always struggling with her working her job there singing, and we'd be like, we couldn't do gigs on the weekends so we were always doing like monday and tuesday night finally the band took off enough so she escaped from dragging us nice <laughs> okay. so you'll go down tonight yeah what's the band's relationship with cambodia at this point do you still go and perform there cambodia yeah since the last time we don't any have time to go yet um do you remember when we went oh we uh, 2018 Huh? No, no, because Norva wasn't born. My daughter. She's 2017. 
No, because I think it was probably like 15 or 16. Oh, 15 and 16? I think so. Okay. I don't remember okay. when. But yeah, we, we've been like three times, I think, as a band. Yeah, three times. Three, no, more than three. The first 2005. Oh, you went the fourth time. They, but they have people first 2005 at FCC, two times. Oh, and right. Electric Mekong Tour. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we love going there. It's fun. It's just yeah. we have to just like figure out how to do it. Once yeah. we got, we weren't as so, out. I hope, and we hope it's going to be, have somebody to invite us to go back. Yeah, yeah. for sure. What's the music scene there now? Has, has your um, band influenced what's going on? There? Music right now in my country is everything K-pop. Oh, really? Yes. Take all, all over at Southeast Asia. So they listen to Korean They music? love K-pop, but they listen to the old, not old like us, but they listen to modeling, like fashion. Modern stuff. Yeah, modern and like blue, jacks. Yeah. Or we go there. It's, there's always a lot of people that are excited. It's a trip when we've played shows just in villages. Yeah. And... It's a really interesting experience. Yeah, I went back to the film last night and watched it again in, in anticipation of seeing you. I always forget about this part when you're you're at like a night market or something and everybody's laughing at um at you guys, especially Zach, because they said, Where's oh, the yeah, guy with the beard? Oh yeah, the yeah. Compote. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It makes me laugh because um a long time ago my, my ex wife and I went to Beijing. Oh. And she's she's like five foot ten, and so she's tall and blonde, and everybody was just pointing and laughing at her. She said, "Why are they laughing at me?" And I said, "Well, oh, you're yeah. funny." <laughs> just like that. Yeah, it's so funny. What what do you listen to? To be honest, I don't listen too much, but if I just want to relax, I'm listening to right now, reggae or Africa. But I don't listening to the broken heart song, like love sing song, American song at all. The most and less listen to the beat more like Bollywood and African and reggae more, more groovy. More. She likes to dance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I'm at home, I never want to listen to the the sad song. Yeah. yeah. Just sing them. Yeah, just singing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're always on a mission, right? You're always looking for new music. What's what's a what's a what's a day in the life of your ears? Let's see. It's crazy now with just how accessible everything is, but I keep my ears open and try to find, like, I'm into the Amazonica kind of, the chicha. I really like that kind of psychedelic cumbieras. That, that old, that, that initial compilation that came out, what, maybe? Oh, yeah, the, about 15 the, years. The roots of chicha. Yeah, my friend put that out. What a record. Oh, yeah, it's oh. so good. Yeah, yeah, I love that stuff. The band like Juanico Insukombo, that's one of our, yeah. I think their plane crashed. Oh, like half the band died. Wow. It was crazy. But there's still some surviving members. And I think maybe some of the children or something play. But yeah, Chicha has a lot of fun. And uh, my wife is like, she's very always putting on the music for, for me. And a lot now it's like, <laughs> it's like a lot of, um, Random cassette tapes that like DJs put together. I don't set tapes back. Yeah. yeah, so bizarre. I know <laughs> cassettes and vinyl. Yeah, I mean CDs are strange. I don't have a CD player. Well, it's funny you say that because I was going to ask you about the length of the album. It seems like it was designed to be a record. It like was. It's, it's, it's album, right? It's not yeah. like 
10, 12 years ago, people were making these 80-minute records just to fill a CD. Coffee. Okay. I don't feel like you guys have ever really done that. You've always had 40, 50-minute albums. You were never into the, like, let's pack 20 songs on here just to do it. Yeah, I guess there's always more songs that you record and finish and then be like, all right, let's, like, try to shape the album let the strongest ones come up to the top and just like work around it. We'd rather have less and keep them wanting more. What do you do with those songs? Do they make it to the next project or you just leave them? Sometimes if we need a B-side and we're like feeling it, or like maybe we need to rework it or something a little bit. So sometimes we've used them, but sometimes we just, yeah, just let them go and just, yeah, yeah. This is the first run of shows basically behind the record? Yeah. Yeah. If what's next? It seems like it's a pretty successful initial few shows. Hmm. Um, next? We go to... Uh, Portland? Yeah, tomorrow. Portland. Tomorrow, Portland. And then the next day we throw, we're driving to all the way to Fresno? Or San, no, San, we, San, we're San, Sacramento. Oh, Sacramento. We have a day off. So we'll play Portland at Mississippi Studios. And then we'll go to... We've that before now. Uh, I don't think we've played there. I sure. I think sound like we've played there before. Yeah, so uh, this is a P, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a street, but maybe. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Mexico Sacramento. Yeah, California. We came up and they're going there. <laughs> and we're just going to keep going, like, jumping, like, inland uh-huh. coast, inland coast. So it'll be Sacramento, Santa Cruz, Fresno, San Luis Obispo. Then we drive to uh, Pappy and Harriet's out in the yeah. desert. That's going to be a good time. time. Yeah, that's a lot of fun always. San Diego would play the Casbah, and it would come home to L.A. and play 27th. Will you tour the rest of the country? Maybe, but right now this is it. We'll do this, and then we'll just see how it all goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe in the spring, actually. I was in New York when I learned about you years ago, so my perception's a little off, but is your fan base primarily out west? Can you play... Back east? Yeah, yeah, we've toured back yeah. east, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like New York's, we've had good Yeah, we played in January, last, last time in London since Oh, yeah, yeah. We played the yeah. Womax. Yeah, yeah. It's like a world music kind of yeah. showcase. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we played there, and that was, it was fun. It's really neat what you were just talking about in terms of your current schedule, because there's um, there's so many beautiful little theaters now to play up and down the west coast mm-hmm. all yeah. these towns now have all throughout the central valley like it's really amazing now different than maybe even 10 years ago like so many things have sprouted up in the last decade yeah at least all these like non-major markets now well we haven't been there yet so i don't know which ones if we're playing where of these amazing little spots but menlo park the guild theater was pretty beautiful was they put like, a yeah. lot of money into that yeah it yeah was like, it's beautiful so beautiful was Backstage green room. Oh, yeah, one of the nicest. So organized. Yeah. Super. Before I let you go, I wanted to ask, is the, um, is the stage show coming back? Is the, is the musical, is that going to continue to live on? Cambodian rock band? Yeah. yeah. They're doing it still, yeah? Yeah, they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're it coming up. tonight, a lot of the people. Yeah, the cast coming to the cast show. The cast is coming tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, where are they doing the play right now? Do you know? They, they do, yeah, they play it. I'm British. I'm, I remember October. They're still, they're still here until October. Oh, they're up here. Yeah. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know they were here. Yeah. Let's see the email from Josh. Oh, okay. <laughs> we read them. I have to pay better attention. I, I mean, 
My, our manager is here all the time on the camera. Sometimes we are so busy, we don't look read all in that detail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you? Remind me, were you involved in the creation of that or did you just perform? Did you also write and contribute to it? It's a play. You haven't seen the play? I haven't seen it. Okay, it's a yeah. play based on a rock band in Cambodia in the late 60s, early 70s, yeah. when the Khmer Rouge were taking over Pol Pot's regime. And so it's a story about what happened to the musicians. And they play a bunch of their, the band is, they do a couple old Cambodian rock songs, and then they play a bunch of Dengue Fever songs. So Sinan and Zach, they went and helped the musicians learn a few of the songs under tar and bass early on. And And then they did really well. I couldn't tell from the outsider from watching it develop how it intersected with you. I didn't realize they were just integrating you into the songbook. It wasn't clear if you were sort of part of the creative process or... Yeah, yeah. they were inspired by our band and the playwright, Lauren Yee. She'd come to our shows and we'd meet with her and we'd talk to her while she was writing it. Yeah. And then she just, it did really well. So she's, it's been all over the country. Yeah. Namal, when you go back to Cambodia, do you still perform on your own Um, with your family or...? Sometimes. Depend how much time I have, because I don't have time that much because I want to spend time the most with my family. They asking me perform, I have to take care of my voice. I have to looking for the what song I have to perform because I'm not a singer in Cambodia. I'm the singer in, in move to here already. Make sure I perform good song and I what what excited for me to go to singing on stage to Cambodia and my hometown. And then a lot of stress for me, so I'm decided, oh, I don't want to sing it. <laughs> so, but she does, she does some singing. Pro- she gets yeah, hired. Like, she also sings. Yeah. She does Dengue Fever. And then when we're not touring, she does a lot of solo gigs where she like sings. Yeah, in Morning Community. Yeah. And here in United States. She's yeah, a big part of that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious. And again, this is sort of because I watched the movie just last night. The band was very, and the filmmaker were very sort of gentle and cautious about overstating this, but it seemed like this band has helped with some of the reconciliation or or reconnection with the music for the people in Cambodia. Is that is that a fair connection? You think so? Like when we went there and played the music we, we did shine a light on this body of work that inspired us. The original Cambodian rock music was like, it was like Sin Sissimuth and a bunch of great singers, mostly Sotia Penron, and they would like hear the Western music from like maybe the Vietnam War versus the radios, and then they would reinterpret it until you'd hear some like, some Cambodian instruments, some Cambodian uh, vocal stylings. Then that music that they created inspired us to form and then when we went back to play it i mean they always listen to those old songs in cambodia everyone knows like their classic rock yeah it's like their kind of classic rock yeah i think we definitely when we were there when we're there yeah we're it's hard to say because we haven't been back in a while but when we're in cambodia there's a lot of mixing of like a lot of the expats that are living there get really excited about it and then and then a lot of local Cambodians come too, and it brings them together. Whereas, like some of the stuff, like just with their clubs, they keep separate. I remember that was it was definitely mixing. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's really beautiful. 
I want to thank you yeah, so thank much you for all. making time. Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you and for the new record. So wonderful. And thank please you. don't make me wait eight years. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting old. This, after <laughs> this, let's see. Let's see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Yeah. yeah I look forward to seeing the show tonight. All right. Cool. It'll be all fun. Right. All right. Thank you so much, Namal, Ethan, and all of Dengue Fever. Thank you also to Austin Eastley and Josh Mills from the band's team for making this come together. Thank you also to the staff at the Crocodile Hotel. As always, thank you for listening to Spotlight On, a production of 23 Media Ventures. I'm your host and executive producer, Lawrence Purrier. We're produced and edited by Michael Donaldson, with theme music by Q-Burn's Abstract Message. For past episodes, web-only exclusives, to make a donation to support our production and to join our mailing list, visit us online at spotlightonpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Be safe and stay in touch. Thank you.